Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Whatever you think of me doing basketball, this guy makes me better. Way better. And it's Dick Girardi. Welcome, sir. Great to have you with us, DJ. Steve, good afternoon, sir. Uh, I hope you've taken good care of the uh, Roger Corey Jeopardy sweatshirts we received. It got washed this morning. Oh, perfect. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know where it had been. Nothing against Roger, but I thought I, I just thought I'd throw it in the wash, and it looks good. I have not yet worn it, but that could happen Thursday. That could happen Thursday. You know what? I could have a pair of Jeopardy out. <laughs> For those who don't know, <laughs> Dick is a Jeopardy master, and he's hooked me into the on especially on road trips. Although at home we do that sometimes, but on road trips, let's play Jeopardy. And we have a good time with it. So. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm all right, but Joe Putnam, is, oh. he's way better than either one of us. Let's be realistic. I mean, Joe Putnam is a killer. Indeed, he is. That's correct. I mean, we, we just kind of sit there and go, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right, Joe. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he is astonishing. Uh, with his level of knowledge. And my favorite was when we played a whole bunch of them in the middle of the night, coming back from Blacksburg to the middle of nowhere a yes. couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And we drove for like three hours. It was like, when we get back like three in the morning, it was yeah. like a nine o'clock game, and then you had to get up and go to State College. And I stopped in Baltimore and had some crab cakes. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we played a lot of Jeopardy that night. So, okay. All right. This is, and you sent this to me today, a great stat. Penn State, to this stage, has only turned it over 100 times, which is good. That's 9.1 turnovers a game. They have 130 made threes. They're plus 90 points in three-pointers over turnovers. Dick, it's it's stunning to see. Yeah, uh, Steve, I I don't know that I ever looked for this stat before, because, you know, why would you? But I don't think there's any reason I would have ever seen this with anybody, right? I mean, how does this even happen? I looked up Iowa. I told you they're generally a fairly low turnover team, and they like to shoot threes. You know, they have way more turnovers than threes. So what that tells you is you're running an extremely efficient offense. Uh, They're second in the country in turnover percentage, uh, fewest turnovers. And they're third in the country in three-point percentage, so that is the reason they're so offensively efficient, one of the best in the country. And, of course, the guy that runs it all is Jalen Pickett. And Steve has 84 assists and 20 turnovers. That's also insane uh, for a guy who handles the ball, like, all the time. Yeah. He just yeah. doesn't make many bad plays at all. So, yeah, it's a really difficult team to guard. Uh, they have all these three-point shooters. They have Four shooters shooting better than 44% on threes. And I just added up while we were talking. Lundy, Funk, Winter, and Dredd now made 100 threes among the four of them. And they're shooting 45.5% from three. How do you guard that when the guy who's got the ball all the time can take you to the rim and score? You've got problems. You've got choices, and they're all bad. And not only that, and this is something we had talked about during the game, was it, that 
because sometimes you have a team where they've got a good three point shooter and maybe a secondary guy. Okay. Yep. This guy has four other options that can shoot. And it's right, and that's why yeah, and Steve, that is why nobody at to this point has run a second player at Jalen Pickett. Uh they're basically letting him dribble the ball and take his time and get to the rim and score. And Jalen's shooting forty eight percent overall. And as I'm looking at this, he's sixty five of a hundred and twelve on twos. Yeah. Or, or sixty one of hundred and five on two, so you can do the math. He's run sixty percent on two point shots. So um, yeah, everybody's just petrified because if you run that second guy at him, whoever's guy that was, he's going to throw it to him for an open three. Yeah. So they're basically saying, all right, you know, we'll, we'll let him make twos. We just don't want to give up too many threes. But they're still giving up a lot of threes. So it's a fun team. Uh, they've led by double digits in 10 of the 11 games. They've been over 94 times already. Um, and they got two more non-con games, one on Thursday, one a week later. Uh, and they're going to be 10-3, and three, and the Big Ten starts up in earnest on New Year's Day against Iowa, I think 6 o'clock post-time at the Georgia Center. Yep, exactly. Um, what I would like to know, and this is something that you'd have to do a real deep dive, Pickett's in the game 34 and a half minutes a game. And we talked mm-hmm. about he always, he's, what, 20 turnovers for the total for the season. I'd like to know how many of those 34 and a half minutes where he actually is handling the ball. How many yeah. minutes, and then yeah. you then do a deep dive into the turnovers, and that's something you'd have to somebody would have to go so deep into that to find it. But that right. would be that would be my curiosity yeah. with him. Nah, that's a good point. Yeah, somebody would have to actually sit, sit down with a tape and have a stopwatch right. and all that. But I'm not doing that. But that's, no. uh, it's it's an interesting thought. He's up to 378 minutes and 20 turnovers, and I, I suspect Steve, without knowing this, uh, that for a guy who's played that many minutes and handles the ball in the vast majority of those minutes, there's nobody even remotely close to him in the few, in, in that few turnovers. Uh, so not only is, is he really good, he can score, really good defender, really smart, really experienced. He makes great decisions. You know, he's like, he's like the quarterback that always sees the right play. Uh, right. What, what is it? He can change the play. He can, when he's in the middle of the play, he'll find the open guy, uh, and he's such a luxury to have. And Coach Ruiz is just riding him, and he's going to ride him all the way to the finish line here. No, no question about that. I mean, this guy leads them in scoring, rebounds, steals, block shots, assists. I mean, you know, that that's your basic uh, – in basketball, your five-tool player. <laughs> yeah, and he, he leads them in turnovers, but that doesn't really count. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He has 20, uh, the next guy is 15, but I think we already explained why that's kind of irrelevant. Well, see, what I, but what I like, though, is that he showed us last year he could play, quote, the old man's game and so forth, mm-hmm. but he's showing us this year he can play fast as well. So I like the versatility of his game. Yeah, he can play any game. And now that, and then last year, look, he was he had Miles Dredd, but he didn't have Cam Winter. He didn't have Andrew Funk. He did have Seth Lundy, but. He just has two more three-point options than he had last year, and that's kind of changed the whole – it's changed everything. It's changed the way they play. It's changed how other teams play against them. And, Steve, I don't think anybody has really figured this out. I thought Virginia Tech did the best job. They had a real good individual defender who really was strong and kind of was hammering away at 
Jalen and the game was he couldn't get to the line a lot. I mean, that was just the way the game was or was not being called. But, yeah, nobody's really figured this out yet. And as I look at it, I'm not sure I see a lot of great options for teams. Um, Michigan State did a good job by, like, slowing the game down to a crawl. Right. Just wouldn't let Penn State get out and run, and they're so effective when they run because Pickett obviously can finish. But, if you again, if you try to stop him, he is going to find somebody open. And, I mean, Andrew Funk, is what, he's got 33 made threes. Uh, it's three a game at 44%. He made five yesterday in, what, about seven or eight minutes of the second half. Miles Dredd has 29 made threes. Uh, Seth Lundy has 23 made threes. And Cam Winter's a good three-point shooter, yeah. 15 of 33. Uh, and 23 of 25 from the free throw line. So he... He makes good use of, of his when he gets to the two lines. He can score. So, yeah. and they're also this is also a good free throw shooting team. Yeah. They're, they're at seventy five percent now. They don't get there a ton, but they don't miss much when they get there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and they're not getting crushed on the glass as small as they are. They're basically minus a rebound and a half a game, which is more than livable. Um, and assisted turnover, they're at one point seven six to one, which is right up near the top in the country. Well, you mentioned about the size part. They're going to run into Hunter Dickinson at Michigan. They're going to run into Zach Eady at, uh, against Purdue at the Palestra. Yep. And then Trace Jackson Davis. So that's going to be three right in a row. Yep. But what I like, though, is that Coach Shrews is he's a next-level thinker. And I'm going to be interested to see, especially in those three games, what he dials up against Dickinson, Edie, and Trace Jackson-Davis to counteract them with what he has. Right, and those are right in a row. Right. Uh, Iowa first and then those three. Yeah, it is fascinating. But I think it's, you know, without talking to them yet, but I think the theory is going to be, look, even if we had really good, a good experienced big man like John Harris, are we really going to be able to do a lot with those three players? answer is really no. Uh, that's just bad matchup. It's a bad matchup for John. Uh, you know, maybe a guy like Mike Watkins, who's a shot blocker, he's hasn't been in the program for a couple of years, you give yourself a little better chance, but you're going to have trouble. Yeah. So what are you trying to do? Make them guard somebody. Make them guard Miles Dredd. Yeah. Uh, you know, make them come out and play on the, out at the three-point line. Good luck. Because Zach Eady, when you, and Penn State did a good job against him last year, when he's out guarding in open space, he's got problems. Uh, you know, you got problems guarding him. He's been awesome, but he's just not quick enough out there. Uh, Davis is the most athletic of those three, but if you're Indiana, you don't really want him guarding somebody at the three-point no. line. Same with Davidson. Um So I think that's what it's going to come down to, Steve. I think they're going to get numbers, those three big guys, and the question is can you outscore them from the three-point line and can your other four guys, because I, frankly, I don't think much of the rest of Indiana's lineup. No. I never really understood why they were picked the first of the Big Ten, but I, that's neither here nor there. The Penn State will get to them here shortly. Um, Purdue, I think, has been the biggest surprise in the league, given what they lost. Um, but, look, Matt Painter's a, a wonderful coach, yeah. and it just doesn't seem to matter. He just does a great job. Uh, and, and Michigan, I, I think they're still – when I watch them, Steve, I – a lot of new players, they lost their point guard, the kid from Princeton, uh, Llewellyn, who I know that he got an ACL. I know they had a really thought he would be another really good fifth-year guy for them. 
But the coaches saw this. Chad Howard is really yeah. good. He's really good. Yeah. So there, I haven't seen enough of them yet uh, to get a real feel for it. But I look, I think Penn State can play with anybody in the league. There isn't anybody that I watch and go, oh, my God, they're just so much better. I don't see that. Um, and teams are going to have to think about, look, how are we going to play against this team? Right. Uh, so it, it, it is interesting. Uh, and, of course, we're waiting on the – Seth Lundy, we don't think it's all that serious, yeah. but to be, to be determined, we don't. We certainly think he's not going to be out for right. any length. Right. I have to ask you about the Palestra part because I mean it's coming up here. Uh, Dick, they've played Michigan State and Iowa there. It's been a packed house each time. The timing of it is it happens to be the last day before the students come back to campus anyway. Uh, What's your thought on what you and I both think is a genius move of getting this program into that building? Yeah, for so many reasons. Um, one, you bring it to your largest alumni base who don't really can't get up to State College in the wintertime to watch basketball. Uh, you bring it to your biggest recruiting base. Um, you get some pub in the area where Penn State Hoops does, generally does not. It was kind of unfortunate that it couldn't have been on a Saturday this year right? rather than Sunday. But the good news is the Eagles are playing, but it's going to be irrelevant because uh, they basically need to one more win one more game. Uh, and that's the last game of the regular season on the 8th. They need to win one of the next three to have the top seed throughout. So that that's, that should be done by that time. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, and it's such a cool place to play. I think it's cool for the players. Um, I know when Micah got the job, I – First time I talked to him, I said, "Look, are you think? What do you know about this?" He's like, "I watched both of the games." <laughs> he says, yeah. "We're we're doing this." Yeah, and it doesn't have to happen every year. Although I wouldn't mind it, um, but every couple of years is great. Um, and Seth Lundy will get his second chance to play there, which will be cool. And of course, Seth played there. Andrew Funk played there uh, in high school. Um, both of them in Catholic League champions. Uh, Seth winning championships, Andrew Funk with Colin Gillespie winning a championship at Archbishop Wood in the building. So that'll be very cool for them as well. Uh, and and Cam Winter played literally right up the street right. at Drexel. Yeah. Um, so it'll be kind of a, he played four years at Drexel. And when I say right up the street, I mean right up the street. Yep. Like two blocks away. No uh, doubt. And he's played, yep. he's played in the Pluster. So that that'll that'll be cool for all those guys. And Miles Dredd got a chance to play there, and I know he loved it when they played Iowa uh, in in 2020. So yeah, it, it, and it, and it, you know, like Adam Fisher's a local guy. Mike Farrell Farrelly's a local guy. Went to St. Joe's. So yeah, a lot of lot of connections in Philly, and it, and it, and look, it's it's I have two favorite buildings to watch college basketball. Yep. The cluster is one of them, and I know I told you the other one is Allen Fieldhouse. Yep. It'd be great if Penn State could somehow get a game out there one time, because I think you would love that place. That's, oh, well, that's just an awesome it, place to watch hoops. It's ironic you bring that up, because Venkat Benbatuti, who is uh, Neely Benbatuti's husband, the president of Penn State, mm-hmm. stopped by a practice the other day, and he says, he's talking to me about Fog Allen Fieldhouse. And I mentioned to him that how much you love Fog Island Fieldhouse. And he, he says, I can't believe you've never been there. And I said, no, I have not. He says, you have to go. Well, I said, <laughs> I said, well, you're the husband of the president of the university. Why don't you make it happen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Call Phil Self. Make it happen. Or even a, or even a one a one off. Just go out there and plug. Uh, yeah, it's, it's everybody should get an opportunity. It's the best. It's just it's just awesome. And the Palestra is you know, people have been in rec hall. It's the rec. It's rec hall without yeah. track yeah. at the top, and it was built at the same time by the same architect. Um, and it's half the size of Allen Fieldhouse. Basically, Allen Fieldhouse is the pluster with the second deck. Now, obviously, you've been asked this question a lot. But you know, of all, who knows how many games have you done in there? Hundreds? Yeah, I would say, yeah. Hundreds? Yep. I don't care if it's high school or if it's college or whatever it may be. Give me a couple off the top of your head where you walked out of the building and you said, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the Iowa game was a wow uh, yeah. three years ago. Yep. Uh, just the quality of play. And remember how hot it was oh, in January to bring out the fans? Uh, uh, probably the most famous game I saw there was uh, LaSalle in Florida. Salad, Lionel Simmons was a junior. And George McLeod was the star oh, for geez. Florida State. Yep. He played in the NBA for quite a long time. 101 to 100 wow. in regulation. Uh, LaSalle won the game. I mean, just great ball, just just wonderful stuff. And maybe the wildest one I saw in there, and I, I only saw half of it. I'll explain why. Uh, Penn is playing Princeton, which is obviously a legendary game. they played every year forever. And... Penn with Mike Jordan, who's now the Lafayette coach, yep. and Matt Langle, who's the Colgate coach for the backcourt, really good backcourt. And Penn is leading at halftime, thirty-three to nine. Yeah. Oh. And and I, I and I leave because I got the Temple St. Joe's game, which is the nine thirty game out at St. Joe's. So I get out there and I'm watching the second half, and Princeton wins the game, fifty <laughs> to forty-nine. Like what? How did that happen? Uh, and the Penn fans were yelling at him at halftime. Yeah, you have nine. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, so and and it's crazy. They ended up playing the last game of the season for the Ivy League championship. This is before the tournament at Jadwin up in the Princeton campus, and the winner was winning the league. And Penn slaughtered them, and they didn't come back. And Fran Duffy was then the Penn coach had the great line: "Just I felt like Bill Buckner." Only I got a second chance. <laughs> yeah. After, yeah, Princeton scored 41 in the second half of the other game. Yeah, it was like, what? What just happened? It was like this, and it's one of those weird things, you know, like the NFL yeah. yesterday, right? Yep. Like, what? How what? did that happen? What are we doing? Yeah, uh, but those, those, yeah. those kind of stick out. I mean, some of the Villanova-St. Joe's games in there were always, they were always great. Uh, didn't really matter. Uh, who, who was any good that year? They were just good games. Yeah. There was, in fact, Philadelphia had pounded St. Joe's at it on, on their campus. It was pretty early in Jay Wright's tenure. St. Joe's probably had the better players, but the, Philadelphia just killed them. Yeah. Well, the next year, it was Jameer Nelson's junior year. Yeah. And um, at the end of the last practice before the game, Martelli ran like the last two minutes of the previous game where Villanova was just murdering him. <laughs> and St. Joe's came out, and I think, let's see if I get this right, late in the first half, the score was like, it was like 43 to 9. 
Oh, jeez. It was like it was like that Penn Prince thing. Yeah. Um, and Villanova didn't come back. And that was when Jay Wright was just getting the program started. Randy Foy was a freshman. Yeah. And all the guys who ended up being really good players there, they just weren't ready for that spot against that team. But it was just it wasn't really two teams playing well. The Villanova major credit. They ended up coming back, lost by seventeen. I mean, they didn't like give up or anything. They lose by fifty. Right. Uh, and and that was again the seed for the program starting to get on a run. But yeah, that was the junior version of the St. Joe's team that went twenty seven and zero in the regular season the next wow. year. I mean, they were just really, really good yeah. with a couple with uh, several NBA players on the roster. And, and by the way, um, George McLeod did play a game in Rec Hall for Florida State against Penn State. There you, so, go. There you go. And I, I think I'm trying to think who that. I believe Pat Kennedy was the coach there. At the that's time. A, no, that sounds right. Pat was the coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Pat was the coach yeah. at the time. Yeah, no, I knew I knew Pat well from his Iona days. I ended up his career at Towson. Yes. Uh, another, another, <laughs> didn't go well. No, it did not go well. Another one of the great stories. I'm doing a Towson LaSalle game one year at LaSalle. Yeah. yeah. And Pat's nearing the end of the line. It's yeah. just obvious it's not going to work out. <laughs> so I walked into the locker room before the game. I said, and they were like, oh, and whatever. I said, you know, I said, LaSalle's really bad. I said, you might win this game. And he looked at me and he says, you obviously have not seen our team play. <laughs> And then at the at the end of the game, LaSalle's holding on, and LaSalle throws the ball inbounds off the basket wire to give Towson the last shot. They hit a three. They win the game. Pat Kennedy runs off the court. Steve, it was the last game he ever won. <laughs> he went one in 28. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, we could do this all day. That game was not at the plus, though. That was at LaSalle. Right. Nevertheless, just, I mean, the stuff, the stuff we've seen through the years. Uh, yeah. It's, it's fun. And, it, and it's especially fun this year for many games that you and I have done together on the radio to see this group, to see the fun they're having, to see how beautifully coached they are, and to see how well they're playing. And I think people can look forward to a tournament and, you know, it, I don't want to make any predictions. The last prediction I made, I turned out to be right but wrong. I said after two games, the nineteen, uh, the twenty nineteen twenty team was going to the yeah. NCAA tournament. Yeah, uh, and of course they would have gone to the tournament if there had been a tournament. Yes, uh, but I think this team's certainly going to plan a postseason, uh, and I think they have a real chance at the NCAA. All the numbers are good, um, but you know they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to. They're going to have to get up near. 10, 11, 12 wins, whatever that number is going to be in the Big Ten. Uh, win the games you're supposed to win. Win a few maybe you're not on paper supposed to win. But they're fully capable. They're really experienced. There isn't going to be a situation any of these core players haven't seen before. Uh, and they've really played only one poor game of Michigan. Yeah. It was, that was a game I'm sure they'd all like to have back. Yep. And, you know, Maybe they will get it back in Chicago. They don't play Michigan State again in the regular season. Um, but it's it's college basketball. Nobody's going to play great every night. It just doesn't work out that way. Um, but that, that's when they like to have back foot. In the very next game, they got it back, and then some when they went to Illinois and just they were ten point underdogs and won by fifteen. So uh, good team, getting better. Really looking forward to the last twenty games uh, of the regular season and some serious postseason action in Chicago and a site to be determined. 
Well said. All right, my friend. I will see you on Thursday. I'm sure you'll be armed with another Jeopardy game. We'll be set to go. Yeah, we got a late post time, so yeah, it should be good. We've got eight o'clock post time for you and me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Well, there we go. All right. We shall, we shall see about the Quinnipiacs with my man Baker Dunleavy having their best season since he's been the coach. So yeah, we'll see how the, we'll yeah. see how the cues are. Yep. Yeah. Nine up, three down for the cues. There you go. All right. Thank you, oh, sir. Oh, sure. a pleasure. All right, Steve. I'll see you on Thursday.